Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Lot to get into. Husker baseball doing their thing back where they belong. Some uh, more fine bomb hand grenades to start off with on uh, Nebraska football. And oh yeah, getting that uh, that that switch you need to flip. We'll talk with Jay Moore about that. Blackshirt Husker NFLer in about 20 minutes. Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. I saw this on Facebook. Charlie's wife, Debbie's fantastic. And she she posted she posted Coach McBride working outside uh, over the weekend. And dude's Mr. Mr. Handy, Mr. Fix It. So I don't know that he knows, because I'm not sure he's a picture guy. Uh, a that that his picture was taken. B that that said pictures now on Facebook. But Mr. Blackshirt was uh, he, he? I guess in his wood shop, he put a you know the McBrides. There's a lot of families that have their name and a sign outside of their home, right? Well, it was kind of in the form of a sailboat. So there's some artistic ability there. And then apparently the air conditioner or generator needed to be camouflaged. So there's a little white picket fence. That, uh, that that he put up. So Coach McBride's been busy, uh, which is awesome. We'll talk with him in an hour. Uh, Greg Smith, recruiting guru with Hale Varsity. We'll talk with Mr. Greg. Uh, MJ Morris news over the weekend as uh, there's still kind of a question mark next to him. We'll dive into quarterback. We'll talk portal because it sounds like Nebraska may go in on a cornerback. Uh, in the portal, and there's three options there. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Get email chris at alevarsity.com. So you had no umping this weekend. No, it's still uh, postseason high school baseball time. I'm taking a couple weeks off from that. Don't want to deal with the whole three-man umpire dynamic. That's just a whole. A whole You'd rather have worms. control and 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 two. Well, the, the whole thing is is just they move to this for the postseason every single year, um, and it's the only time of the year that you ever, as a high school umpire, will work a three-man mm-hmm. umpire crew. The whole entire rest of the year, you work a two-man. And, and all your responsibilities, who is watching the ball when it goes in the outfield, mm-hmm. who's watching which runner, all that stuff gets flipped up in three-man rotations. So I think it really introduces the highest chance of umpires blowing a call whenever you move to the three-man rotation. I don't understand why they do it, and I didn't feel like going to the clinic to go learn how to do all the three-man rotations sure. this year. So I stayed away from that. I believe my uh, next baseball games will be coming up 
the weekend after Memorial Day. We could have used your eyesight behind home plate okay. this weekend with uh, the youth tournament we were in, all wood bats, and it was, well, it was entertaining <laughs> with the the strike zone, and you got to play better than our team did. But I mean, they're they're trying, obviously. What, what was it? A- tight zone or was it a really inconsistent loose zone it was it was all of the above oh it would it would just shift and listen the the uh, the discipline at the plate is a thousand percent on the kid to be swinging with two strikes right that's what they're coached to do that's what they're told to do that didn't happen enough so this wasn't like oh the ums cost us no dude no the the umps didn't cost us anything. It was just it was just interesting to see the different crews in their zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's I, all I'll say. I read this really interesting article. You were, you were complaining about the the two strike hitting, and actually the uh, even with major league umpires, the zone uh, the true zone is actually more circular as opposed to like the box that you see on TV. No, it is. Uh, the, the true zone is more circular, and it actually changes based on the count. And that's one of the things that behind the play I feel. But it's, it's some of the things that fans at home might not understand is. Yeah, three and zero, oh, three and one. It might not look like a strike from where you're at, and by the the letter book of the law, it might not be a strike, but it's gonna be a strike. Mm-hmm. If it's anywhere close to that zone, I'm, I'm gonna give it to the pitcher mm-hmm. just because, you know, he, he's <laughs> touching the outside corner. Um, sorry, it's three and zero, oh, man. Now you got two more chances to go get to go take your walk. So. Right, and and that's that's just it. Like there, it was, the 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 problem too was finding the zone from from the the hill and. I, I it, it wasn't close in some instances, and it was close enough to get a break in in other. The, so yeah, we'll be in Grand Island this weekend for for baseball. But uh, Junior's wood bat worked. We bought the one that worked, so that was cool. Uh, let's dive into some football thoughts here, and uh, Paul Feinbaum, and uh, you've got a you've got a, an all sports station down in Birmingham. They're doing they're doing a roundtable. I don't know if it's once a, a month or once a week on Mondays. But Paul Feinbaum uh, was on this roundtable down in Birmingham, WJOX, and it's the same place he kind of threw a hand grenade at Nebraska about Nebraska fans are delusional, right? You go back a few weeks, he was talking about the fan base and the 1990s and getting back to to that dominance. It's tough. Well, Paul Feinbaum was again asked about the the state of the program here uh, with Nebraska. Nebraska comes up. And I think this is the same station our friend Lars is on. Lars Anderson. Lars is is noon to two uh, with with the, the former Bama quarterback, Jay Barker. And then Feinbaum does his, you know, his two to six. Uh, with with the SEC network, so Fine Bob asked about Nebraska this morning. Specifically, he was asked about Scott Frost. Scott Frost entering in the crucial fourth season at the helm since arriving from Central Florida, and and Fine Bob believes that Frost, a program legend, is squarely on the hot seat. Despite his legacy at the school, this is what Feinbaum said that doesn't really matter anymore, just in terms of things that don't matter on the field, the intangibles, 
I mean, this guy was the quintessential great big time the, the next coach. And I'm not blaming him. I just think I wonder if he can win out there any longer. And so I agree with Fa- with Frost again, Paul Feinbaum being on the hot seat completely. So let's dive into that. And I think you have to examine this conversation. And Nebraska comes up for whatever reason is either a button to push to get in there on Nebraska fan to generate response, to generate content, to generate buzz. There is no bad publicity. Uh, Skip Bayless and Paul Feinbaum and, and Skip's his own different animal, special animal, with uh, the, the hot take side of things. As, as a guy on the outside looking at Nebraska and looking at your four and looking at results, you can, you can be Paul Feinbaum and go, yeah, he's on the hot seat. You are absolutely removed from reality if you think Scott Frost is on the hot seat. Are there grumblings? Are there, is there unhappiness? Is there, dude, start winning? Yeah, there is all of that with the fan base. There's probably a lot of that within the coaches' offices. They're sick of going five and seven, or three and five, or four and eight. They're they're probably really sick of of losing to Wisconsin and Iowa. Their work the last year during COVID, before COVID, has been to fix that. All right. Here is my my core belief. Okay, and you can roll your eyes at it. You can throw whatever you want to throw, I think you have a culmination, and this is not an excuse, this is what I believe. Every time you whack a coach, all right, you you set your program back. Nebraska's been really good at whacking coaches. Some have deserved it, some have not. Michigan's been good at whacking coaches. Tennessee's been great at whacking coaches. They have a, a common theme. They have not lived up to expectations. They have not lived up to hype. And some have been a lot closer than others. Florida's gotten really damn lucky twice post-Spurrier. All right? They got Dan Mullen in there where they can now score more than 17 points a game. And they had Urban Meyer. Okay? Those are two really good hires post-Spurrier. Oklahoma. Two really good hires. Okay? After they sucked for about 10 years post-Switzer. Are you going to get the right guy, and are you going to give the right guy enough time to get it done? The biggest problem you have with Nebraska football right now is not only are they losing, but how they are losing. Okay? That's it. Are you losing to a team like Purdue? Are you losing to a team like Illinois? Are you Listen, the answer is yes, and the way they've lost those games is maddening. It's penalties. It's turnovers. It's, all right, you've got no identity offensively. And that is going to wear out Nebraska fans. That frustrates Nebraska fans because from a talent standpoint, you should be better than most of your competition in the West. And while you don't out-talent Penn State, you won. You beat them. You had a better game plan. You executed better. You had a defensive touchdown. You had your offense rolling for a while. But 
you you've you've had a a chance to be way better. This record you could argue should be flipped. Shoulda, shoulda, shoulda. And that's that's the that's kind of the theme right now of of the Frost era is well what could have been. And I will give the guy every break in America because of what he's had to rebuild. And you're now on your third coach in the Big Ten. The first coach was trying to transition from a Big 12 to a to a Big Ten. And he had the Cameron Merediths of the world, bless his heart, playing on the interior because you had a different type defensive lineman trying to stop the run in the big, rugged Big Ten. You had Mike Riley that brought a Pac-12 style of football that might work in a Rose Bowl game once a year versus every game in and out against an Iowa, against a Wisconsin and you just get the hell beat out of you against Ohio State, against Penn State, against Michigan. And then you have Nebraska making adjustments right now. And if you don't know the league and you're coming from a different league, you don't know what you don't know. So Nebraska's trying to correct that better late than never. And, and they've done a, a really good job on the lines of scrimmage of correcting that. They've done a decent job to, to you hope, good job from a skill position standpoint of correcting that at the wide receiver. And I think they're working on trying to get corrected at running back. What type of running back are you recruiting? Is a Wandale Robinson carrying the ball, touching the ball 35 times a game at 5'9", 180 pounds, as tough and as good as he is, going to survive in the league? And the answer is no. All right? So you have Nebraska making the corrections, making the adjustments. Scott Frost is not on the hot seat. His boss doesn't believe he's on the hot seat. The people who write the check to him, not on the hot seat. So let's talk about 2021. We hear Bill Moose talk about eight or nine wins. We talk about, at a minimum, get to a bowl game. I think everybody down there at the stadium's on the same page. It's an unpleasant conversation about what happens if you don't. But I need to know what it looks like. What 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 is 2021 going to look like in Norman? What's 2021 going to look like when you kick off week zero with the eyes of college football on you? Are you going to be a better football program when it comes to the penalties and the mistakes and 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 taking care of the football? Nebraska is as guilty as any other team when it comes to beating Nebraska. That's that's what I take with me. So hot seat, you can throw that hand grenade out there, and if Nebraska goes three and nine or four and eight or five and seven and doesn't get to a bowl game, then you're probably going to have some staff changes. I don't think you're going to make a change with the head coach because this is your guy, this is your home state boy that you, let's be honest, had to talk into coming back here. I, that's my take. He could still be kicking ass and taking names at Central Florida. He could have a three consecutive season you know unbeaten streak going with what he was doing down there mm-hmm. so my eyes kind of see this it's a it's a it's a high level job it's a job you you, you aim for as a native nebraskan you want to be the head coach in nebraska it's also a thankless job because you better be cranking out nine to twelve wins or people are pissed and you are part of building up that that expectation because you were part of the greatness so I think they're getting the work done that needs to get done on the lines of scrimmage. I think you're kind of in a in a third uh, bad cycle of all right, three coaches in, and it's an accumulation of 
problems between transitioning to league? What type of players are you trying to get to win in this league? Between a Pac-12 guy going from the Big 12 to the Big 10 and then guys that have never coached in the Big 10 before coming into this league where everybody's really pretty good. There's not a program that's garbage. And the programs that you're supposed to beat or you, you, you just kind of roll your eyes at, they now have good head coaches. All right? And then kind of like the outlier there's Purdue where they'll catch magic once in a while and they're dangerous. Northwestern's good. You've got Bielema, who's uh, in Illinois now. you got Shiano at Rutgers. you got Loxley and, and a ton of offensive talent. I mean, just go through the teams that are supposed to suck in the Big Ten, and no one really does because they end up cannibalizing one another or scaring one of the big dogs every season at least once or twice. So that's my thought on Feinbaum and this garbage hot seat talk. You don't know Nebraska. Does he need to win? Yeah. Is he in trouble if he doesn't? No. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Can respond to the Paul Feinbaum take, the latest hand grenade about frost and hot seats. You think yay or nay on that? Email Chris at AleVarsity.com. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore. And you see him uh, on Big Red Wrap-Up, uh, the More To It podcast. Bird, it's May, so national talking heads are throwing hand grenades about hot seats. How are you? <laughs> oh, fine bombs at it again, huh? <laughs> well, first it's, first it's delusional. And now that, you know, in year, fo- in year four, Frost is squarely on the hot seat. And he clearly doesn't yeah. know Frost's bosses here. Now they need to win and be better, but let's not kid ourselves, dude. I mean, you extended the guy two years after year one. Uh, buyout's still, you know, your own private island price tag-wise. So let's, mm-hmm. let's just do money math first before we dive sure. into what the hell should be going on. But... You know, there's just been a conglomeration of of issues between Big 12, the Big 10. And these are reasons, not excuses. I want your reaction. Big 12, the Big 10 transition, need a different uh, type of defensive lineman uh, than what you were using in the Big 12. Uh, The the next coach you bring in uh, that that didn't even sniff what you were doing once you transitioned to the Big 12, Polini to, to, to Grandpa Mike. Uh, you're trying to win with Pac-12 style and talent that, that wasn't as physical. I'm not saying some of those teams didn't have physical guys, but overall you had a bad rep get out about Nebraska being soft during the Riley era. And and now you have uh, Frost who came from a different league and he, and he had not been in the Big Ten. So Nebraska's making the appropriate adjustments, and I say better late than never on that with how they're trying to grow them big back, back uh, down at South Stadium again. I mean, there's there's my three takes as to why there's struggle, and there's there's uh, a Friday night kegger party cleanup that's going on at Nebraska, and Frost and the crew are trying to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's it. I, I don't know, like how bad it was, how it got. I mean, I was you know trying to keep in touch down there, but I mean, it got. I don't know if it was toxic or, you know, kids were becoming soft or, or you know, was it a, it a talent gap issue? Obviously, yeah, there's a huge talent issue. I mean, you can just you can just go down, you can just look at the NFL draft the last, 
decade, you're like, yeah, there's there's been a huge uh, discrepancy. You know, and I know a lot of teams can get, you know, some, you know, more out of their talent than others, and, you know, i.e. Northwestern and, mm-hmm. you know, some other programs. But, yeah, there's just, there's, in, to say Nebraska is, is an easy punching bag, I mean, that's, 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 I guess, putting it lightly. I mean, that's, you know, Feinbaum and some of these guys just get a little bored and must not have gotten a, much attention lately. So let's uh, fire up the old, uh, you know, Nebraska's overrated or, you know, or, you know, Nebraska is, is, is delusional. They need to, you know, pump the brakes and expectations or Frost is on the hot seat. You know, you name it. You say it, you're going to get plenty of pissed off Nebraska fans firing back and getting clicks and page views, and that's exactly what they want. So, yeah, it's just the timing is it's about the seems out this time every year when there's not much going on and they fire it off. But yeah, I mean it's it's a transition. You know, the Big Twelve and Big Ten are, are completely different conferences. You know, it's you know it's more Big Twelve's kind of wide open, throw it around, mm-hmm. chuck it, you know, score sixty-seven, you know, sixty to seventy points a game, and and give up about forty. And that's just that's just their style. And uh, you know, I was saying Nebraska was going down that line. You know, when when Pliny was was. Uh, you know, finishing up or winning here, going there, but uh, it's just kind of what it is now. You just look at what Oklahoma and you know Texas Tech and you know some of these schools are doing now. But yeah, it's, I mean, I don't listen. I I, I know it's we, we got to find something. You got to find something to talk about. But you know what I, you know what Feinbaum says. You know, he fired me up a little bit last year. You know, and he kind of went off on Nebraska. You know, and you know the Big Ten obviously was one of the first conferences to, to cancel the season and. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't pay much attention to social media anymore, so um, I, I kind of get out on the loop, out of loop. But you know, it's it's again, it's just talking heads trying to get some clicks. And yeah, I mean, is this a big season for Nebraska? Absolutely. This is year four. This is not gone anywhere uh, we thought it might go. But uh, that just shows you that maybe just you know how far away the talent is. Yeah, maybe we were all a little delusional and. And thinking this thing could get turned over a lot quicker. I think you know Frost might have thought you got to get it turned around a lot quicker too. But there is some there are some talent issues. There's you know, and then you have some transfer issues, and uh, you need to throw a pandemic in the middle of it. And uh, now you're you know you're you go into a pretty tough schedule. So yeah, it's tough. But I mean, hot seat. I mean, I don't I don't buy that one one bit. I mean, yeah, is there some extra pressure? Sure. But you know what I think will happen when when. Uh, Frost and company get a little more pressure, I think you're going to get better results. I think, you know, sometimes people re- people respond a little bit to pressure and, and uh, you know, sometimes expectations. And I think they'll, they'll respond, you know, okay this upcoming season. You know, and say Nebraska responds and, and kind of turns that quarter and has some wins that may make, and I'm not talking Oklahoma, but say – Say you, you you get it done actually with the majority of your West opponents, okay, mm-hmm. and and say you're closer to that 2018 Ohio State game than the last two. All right, say you beat Michigan. You know, Frost's personality is such that he is he he wants to do it because he I mean he's a competitor and he wants to win and he wants to be the best. But there's also the part of him that absolutely wants to, to tell the bald little dude in Alabama to go shove it <laughs> the next time mm-hmm. he sees him. And, and, and that don't kid yourself. That's very real, too. I mean, and, and just 
I mean, they 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 worked together and they were they were good, you know, uh, on the uh, on the set. But don't kid yourself. Paul Feinbaum still po'd about egg on his face with uh, the mighty Auburn from the SEC getting rocked by uh, by Central Florida back in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Peach Bowl. Sorry, but yeah, 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 yeah without a doubt. Yeah, he's he's obviously Mr. SEC, and you know, thought Central Florida didn't stand a chance, and. Obviously, uh, far from from the from far from the truth, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just Paul Feinbaum. I mean, it's, he he knows what he's doing. He's you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over the comments, and, and I know you know the right people are going to hear the comments and hopefully that you know puts a fuel to the fire, you know, and and they can turn a tumultuous last three years into something positive. I'm not talking to you there, you know, you're, you're winning the West and and playing for a title. I mean, for competing for the West in, in November, that's great. But let's just get back to, you know, 7-5, and five, you know, 8-4, eight, eight and four, and try to compete, you know, and, and play in a decent bowl game mm-hmm. and be in that bowl conversation and, and know that, you know, you are you have six wins in the middle of October and you're now you're just trying to capitalize some other things and and, and just improve. Mm-hmm. And that's, and we haven't, we haven't seen that. You know, you see some, you see some glimmer of hopes, but then, uh, they seem like they kind of take, you know, one step forward and then two step back the next game, whether that's uh, special teams, quarterback play, uh, defensive mishaps, you know, coaching errors. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, that's, you know, some things you see with how timeouts are used or how, you know, uh, how quick plays are getting in and they have to use timeouts because you know how many times we see uh, timeouts being used coming out of a TV time break or out of half or out of the quarter when they have all the time in the world to get a play in or, but you only have 10 guys in the field for a special teams play. I mean, that comes out of the coaching. So those things all have to get cleaned up. And, you know, I, I'm pretty positive they're going to. Otherwise, yeah, and if they don't, then, yeah, in uh, a year or two, you will be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's no risk, reason to press the panic button yet in my, in my mind. Jay, I've got about two and a half, three minutes, but I, I want a quick story, and, and I sent you this link, and, uh, Matt Slauson's been a friend of the show. Same with Danny Woodhead. Both have their own podcast as well. And and Slaw Daddy was talking about Bill Callahan keeping him after practice and to to get him to kind of flip that switch. I mean, he he had you and Carricker just post practice teeing off on him with some one on ones. And and Slaw Daddy was pretty open about just how frustrated he was where you want to succeed, and you just keep getting beat and beat and beat and beat. And then finally he was able to, to, to you know, fix it and, and get, a, get a good block on character. Do you remember what he was talking about? Do you, do you remember that pretty vividly, or was that just another you know, Tuesday? I, yeah, yeah that's, that sounds just like another Tuesday. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember staying after practice. Now, I know we used to go, you know, we, I mean, I did. You know, he came in, Boston was a first from, I believe, Air Force. Yeah, Air, like Academy. Air Force Academy or something, like kind yeah, of a prep yeah, school. He, yeah. Yeah, and he actually, it was, yeah, he didn't use or was able to get a year of eligibility back. So he played as a true freshman. I wasn't expected to be played as a true freshman because I believe Seppo got hurt mm-hmm. and got thrown into it. And he responded really well. I mean, I remember going against him and kind of taking a little too lightly uh, early on in camp. You know, I'm like, holy smokes, this kid's pretty good. You know, I got a better, you know, normal true, fr- true freshman. And, um, 
And so, yeah, you, I mean, I battled with him for for two years straight. I mean, we're talking one-on-one Oklahoma drill, the one-on-one pass rush. I mean, we, I mean, I, we've, we've, I've done one-on-ones with Lawson those two years. I mean, it's easily over 200, I mean, mm-hmm. hell, more than 200 reps, maybe 500 reps. I mean, that's all amount of times that we went against each other and team periods and one-on-ones and nine-on-sevens, and you just go down the list. I mean, he, I mean, he was an exceptional player. You don't play for 10 years in the NFL as an offensive lineman, and you're a slouch. I mean, that, that guy had, you know, he wasn't the most gifted athlete, mm-hmm. but he had, the, he had the mindset. He had, you know, just he was strong, and he just, I think he said that nastiness to him that, you know, makes really good offensive linemen. And, you know, he's, you know, I, I see him all the time now, and he's, you know, he's playing golf and um, enjoying retirement, and he's an awesome guy, good friend of mine. But, yeah, we, we battled. I mean, we battled every damn day for two years. And, uh, you know, I'm going to blame some of my injuries I have now on him. <laughs> but about 30 <laughs> seconds, the, the point of this is that's getting you better for Saturdays. Like you're really at a high level. No, without a doubt. I mean, going against him, uh, whether he's going against me or Adam, or and I'm going against him, or Carl Nix, who mm-hmm. really could have been a first-round draft pick, you know, those guys make you better. You know, I don't get better going against, you know, third-string, you know, or fourth-string tackles that are walk-ons. Mm-hmm. You know, I get, I get better, go, you know, offense those guys, but I get better going against Matt Fawson's and Elijah Murphy's and, and uh, Carl Nix and the guys who play in the NFL. And that's that's what you want. You got those guys in your team. You know, you're you're definitely gonna get better, um, and so are they. So that's you know, it was it was fun. But uh, I, I tell you what, I don't I don't miss button heads with those guys every day. Jay Moore, Bird, have a good week. We'll talk again. Thanks for the time, yeah, man. Got, yeah, no problem. Later. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. The the angry woodpeckers. It's pretty good. Social media can be a hellhole a lot, but this is pretty good. Where you got uh, who's the dude doing the uh, the logo identification. We'll just call him Very Italian Dad. Okay. Very Italian Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some guys. We'll run some of the. Can we run the audio? Oh, yeah, we can run it. Okay, we can run the audio at, at, at some point. Um, can, we, can we do this? It's pretty good. So yeah, if, if anyone at home is wondering what Chris and I do during the breaks, we scroll through Twitter and find funny videos. <laughs> it's all right. It, it, it's okay. Usually, it's there's either some sort of German Shepherd that has ate something they shouldn't have. I send that to my wife when she works because that's what's happening this very moment at our home. Or we have normal sports dude trying to identify. Uh, NFL team logos, which is pretty good. The best one is whenever he gets the Saints logo. Yeah, uh, I, I pull, you want to hear that one? We'll we'll we'll, we'll run this at, at at fifty. Okay, we'll run this <laughs> at fifty. So let's talk about uh, our friend Tom Chattel's column and kind of his project. the The last week or so, he's been talking about the sellout streak, the fan base, and the student section, and. You know what's what needs to happen here to to get that that next generation of Nebraska fans 
invested, i.e., today's graduates, tomorrow's donors. And, you know, as, as, a, as a guy who just had it wonderful growing up, and that's from 1990 through 1998, going to football games every weekend with my family, we are West Balcony pre-press box expansion. And so we saw a lot of awesome games, saw a lot of wonderful moments, and got to celebrate uh, a lot of Saturdays with tailgates and then post games as a family, and that's near and dear to my heart as I think about my dad. And I remember the, the Washington game in 1991 with Mark Brunel and Nebraska falling to a team that ended up winning the national championship. I remember Eric Bieniemy in Colorado the year before. I remember... Nebraska finally beating Oklahoma in Lincoln in my lifetime. Seeing that and freezing my ass off as Calvin Jones goes for uh, the go-ahead touchdown. And then seeing the the, the winning streak that was at, at 40. I mean, Nebraska was knocking on that Miami door of consecutive games won. Uh, and I think it got snapped at 47 or 48 by Ricky Williams in Texas on Halloween in 1998, 20-16 ball game, And then we get to, to what Bill Moose is talking about, and that's just win your freaking home games. I think the last time Nebraska went unbeaten at home was 2016, the last time they were ranked in the top 10 before a 2-4 and four finish, year two of Coach Riley. And then you got to go back to 2012, where Nebraska had a killer home schedule and, and won out after on the road and at home with Bo to get to another conference championship game in 2012. Well, that's like step one. And and too often, Nebraska's, you're, you're walking out of the stadium with a loss to a group of five team. That's happened twice in the last four years. Uh, you're seeing Purdue leave the field victorious. Not super recently but in year one okay you watch illinois come in and do their thing tune you up for 40 some points after you just beat penn state in a crazy season a year ago so it is it's as simple as just kind of protecting home field you've seen awesome wins I, when i think of the student section and i think in nebraska the the fans are there their voice is there jano running for a touchdown Memorial Stadium shook against Wisconsin, all right? Uh, Henry's bomb of a field goal against Colorado. Nebraska running off the field not that long ago against a pretty good Michigan State team in a 9-6 to snowfest. That was loud and proud. The voices are there. They want to be heard, and the students will go. They just need more to cheer about. That's it. Win games or don't don't hurt yourself with stupid penalties or play or turnovers and they'll stick through it. Even guys your guys and gals your age Elijah, you'll stick through a game or I'll say this. You'll uh you'll go hair of the dog and and start drinking early for an 11 a.m. cold kickoff. Doesn't matter if you're if you're exiled to that southeast corner of South Stadium that's half the time empty. But there's been a, a point of diminishing return for some of the student section, and I don't bother, it doesn't bother me why they're saying screw it. I'm gonna stay at home and 
either sleep this thing off or or stay warm and watch because we're not going to win anyway. Mm. There's that take. Or how are they going to screw up today? There, th- that that sentiment exists. It sucks to talk about, but it's true. And if if you had better seating, then then you may kind of go stick out some of those those tough ball games or your your program and team gets better where you start winning those games and it becomes fun again to go there and scream and be a difference maker. And you don't have to be bolder and nasty as a student section or a fan base. You don't have to be Missouri fan student section where they kidnap Little Red and abduct him into the student section. You can be loud and crazy and and not throw stuff at people, and Nebraska fans are, are really pretty cordial. You've got this dynamic that is true, though, between older fan that wants to go and maybe be seen and younger fan that wants to socialize and have a good time, and if we're winning, yeah, we'll get on board with it. And there's just been a disconnect there because Nebraska's not won at the level I grew up with and to some degree you grew up with. And you're closer. You're there every day with Husker Visions. You you see it. And you also are still a student. So am I off on my take here? No. I mean, if, if, if they get moved to either the end zones or the East Stadium behind the opponent's bench, I think that's what you do. Give them better seats. Give them some incentive. In the same token, you got to go if you get that opportunity as a student to have a better seat. Well, I, there's two reasons why the kids don't want to go right now. One, the team's not good. And I think that could be trumped if, if the student section was in a good location. But the problem is, is the student section is split into two. Mm-hmm. So you either have to buy your tickets for the South or the East. And then uh, say all your friends are over in the East uh, section one day. Well, you have tickets for the South. Guess you can't go sit with them. And, and then you're straight out just, of luck. Just make, back it, home. just make it open. Mm-hmm. Just yes. make it open. That, we, that would be the easiest fix. And then you look around the Big Ten. They, most of the other schools in the Big Ten have much better locations for mm-hmm. their student section. I'm not saying Nebraska needs to move. There's already people who have locked in their season tickets sure. for however many years. They've been sitting in the same seat for 20 years. They're not going to let the students take it. Okay, that's fine. Open up the student section so both sides can come in. And then the second problem, I don't know how you fix this one, is that to get a decent seat in either of the student sections, you have to be showing up to the stadium two hours before kickoff. Right, and and that is... Or else you're going to be stuck with all the, the drunk idiots who are freshmen in college and it's the first or second time they've ever been drunk in their life yeah, and the, it, you're stuck up at the top with them with bad seats. And, bad seats and bad atmosphere bad, because yes. they're hammered. Yep. No, I, I get it. I mean, we had, a, we, had a, we had a drawing lottery when we were in college and we all got stuck together. It was wonderful and Nebraska was rolling people. Why down our wanted tail varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Greg Smith, some recruiting thoughts coming up here in 30 minutes. And we're 10 minutes away from Mr. Blackshirt and Mr. Fixit, Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie, a reminder about moving. Tell you what, man, there's homes that are in my neighborhood that have gone up for sale and then they're gone. They're, they're, they're sold right and if you are moving or thinking about it west blue realty man that's where you got to go and uh, they specialize in residential home sales in lincoln and the surrounding community and if you're looking to to buy or sell west blue realty right there for you you mentioned hail varsity and they can provide up to a thousand dollars on the closing of your next home purchase tom luby 
uh, is there to help and uh, make it a seamless process for you. Give Tom a ring at 402-540-3768 or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's outstanding as well. 402-202-2312 for more details. And it does pay to work with West Blue. Log on today, westbluerealty.com and uh, go visit uh, Tom or Kelly today 1120 k street suite 200 so uh, we'll get into some of the uh, the hot seat and student section talk here be it paul feinbaum or just you know what what should be done with the students interested to get coach mcbride's take on that because there's been a lot of games where i mean nebraska's teams have been ultra and uber high level but there's been some games where that energy that the crowd gives feeds the team. And and there are uh, a lot of moments that come to my mind where the uh, the efforts not just ratcheted up an extra level. That speaks to the coaching and development and the players, but also the the voice of the fan. And it is it's it's ripe. Man, the, the voice has been resting because they need a reason to cheer. And with this home schedule, this home schedule this year is going to rock. It just it just is. And there's been some years where you just have the one game. I think back to 2016 where, you know, Oregon came to town. And, and that was electric. I think of Miami is that marquee home matchup in 2014. Uh, there's You're going to get Iowa here. This year, you're going to get uh, Northwestern here. Uh, your Big Ten, Michigan's coming to town. Ohio State's coming to town. And, and those are, are just giant ball games. And that's why you, you get into this league. And it, it could be a lot of fun if it goes the right way for you. Which home game are you most excited for? And why is it Iowa to finish the season? It's always Iowa. The thing is, is I will say this Iowa rivalry, while it started out feeling very fake and forced and weird, we joined the Big Ten. Now that we've lost six straight to them or whatever, it's very real now. I want to be Iowa really sure. bad every single season. I, I think your your close with Ohio State by week, Wisconsin, and then Iowa. I mean, I mean that that is absolutely gonna. You finish with the three teams I want to beat most in the Big Ten every single year. I understand that Ohio State's high quality, but. Yeah, just go go play good football. Mm-hmm. And if you get beat by 17 playing good football, so be it. All right, let's qualify you right now. Caller 9 for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. The grill, the gift card to Campbell's, the gift card to Leon's. Caller 9 qualifies right now. 466-3776. 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Caller 9 now. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back to it, hour two. It's Hale Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we'll give you a chance to qualify for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff again. The drawing is going to be Friday. The Weber Grill, the gift card to Campbell's, the 
gift card to Leon's for the uh, for the meat for that grill. We welcome in Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride, Mondays with Charlie. Coach, uh, there's a really cool picture of you on Facebook with some of the, uh, the, the home improvement projects or the woodworking you've been doing. That's quite a sailboat you got posted on the house, sir. Well, I'm... I- that that I just redid it and it's been hang, that thing's been hanging for I made it a long time ago. It looks I brand new. Paint. It looks brand new. <laughs> well, I, I repaint it and I fix it up, keep it from you know turning the weather. It turns it. I le- I left it on it outside this winter, so I thought I better clean it up a little. Well, you know, looks good. The, the the white picket fence is pretty nice too. Yeah, well, I got a couple of those things. One one around the air conditioner, which is just to your. If you look at it, it's to your left. <laughs> we got we we have don't have much space. Gotcha. So you have to put things where people see it. So you better hide it. So I did. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, uh, no, I mean, I I, I never. <laughs> made it made it out of shop class, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm I'm probably a danger with uh, with power tools and and saws and well, sharp objects, my friend. Well, I I think a power tool is a screwdriver. That's right. <laughs> I know. I know the different kind of screwdriver. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us, Coach. Uh, let's uh, dive in, and this is something that that you've talked about and it's something that i mean it's happened to every staff in nebraska there's just a lot more media now and that's the the hot seat topic and it was brought up by uh, a guy uh, in alabama paul feinbaum kind of a national voice and he likes he likes kind of picking on on nebraska or at least they're a topic of conversation right where be it the fan base or the topic of hot seat. And he went uh, on to say this morning that he thinks Coach Frost is on the hot seat. I I disagree wholeheartedly with that, first and foremost, being a little, uh-huh. being, being a little closer to it. But as a coach, whenever that talk came up or there were grumblings, either in the media or publicly, did that tick you guys off as a staff or as an individual? How did you deal with it? Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, like I, I looked at, I, I had more people wanted to fire me for, for winning. <laughs> That's true. You know, I mean, well, I mean, it, it's, it's the nature of that, that if you think the, the press is, is very hungry for the negative. Mm-hmm. Because that's where the news comes out. If something comes out that's real nice, people go, oh, yeah, that's good. But, you know, they like to hear the negative, and that's the shame about a lot of things. You know, it's, um, you know, thank goodness for some of the guys that we had around working with us were very, very positive. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a a guy in the past, way past, that – was fired because he wouldn't uh, confirm, you know, wouldn't uh, do what his editor wanted him to do. And uh, the guy said, well, you're fired. And he said, we got a good program going. Why would I want to wreck it? You know? And so, you know, that's kind of the thing is, is to make a name for yourself. There's a, 
a guy that wrote a book back in Colorado when uh, there were some problems there, and um, he he'll never he'll never write again. And mm-hmm. but the book is uh, nobody would publish it. He lost his job. He'll never be another writer again anywhere. I mean, it's uh, you know it 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 can be tough on both ends. So. You know, if you don't conform, I mean, uh, and I'm learning about, you know, the press a little bit just by listening. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's where you learn a lot is listen, I guess. But I think some, some of it's sad, you know, that people get hurt, families get hurt, everything for things that they should, never should should get hurt with. And, uh, you know, right away, I I just turned on the TV. I don't even hardly watch it, but I saw the prince came over here. One of the kids came over from England, and they were already jumping all over him for something. He doesn't like the First Amendment or some, you know. I mean, it's, it's, I had to turn it off. I just don't get it. So I think the, I think a lot of the things is the hot seat, I think, is, Normal every year. Uh, I think that's something that's part of the part of the ritual of college and pro football. Um, so you know, you take it for a grain of salt. Charlie McBride's with us on Hale Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie and coaches. Do you know other coaches that would they get bothered by it or would they just not pay attention to it? I mean, you, coaches are coaches are always aware of what's going on, sure. but but how much time and energy do you spend on it? You can't. I mean, what are you going to do? Sit around and mope about it? You know, you can't do that. You got to turn around and 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 you just work harder. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a good motivation thing for coaches that. You know, people are don't believe in them, and and in some cases, you know, it was uh, you know our players are winning, but we're not playing good enough, or we're uh, you know we're allowing too many yards here, or we're not gaining enough yards here, or we're you know here or there. So there's always going to be something that isn't right, and and there's always going to be somebody, even though you're. You know, people, and, and you you can test to this. I mean, there's people that don't like winners. If you win all the time, people, there's a lot of people that, oh, these people win all the time. I don't like them. I, you know, this and that. And it's just the nature of how their, their mind goes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, uh, you know, it's just sometimes I think some people are, overly simple you know and, and some people feel sorry for guys that don't win and and things you know so there's all kinds of different people that write and each writers i've always said that you know kids kids are as different as their face mm-hmm. and i i feel that way about people at work you know their their ever effort is as different as their face and so a lot of a lot of times, you know, you get guys in the press that, uh, you know, are 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 very negative and want to. Their thing is to make a name for themselves, and instead of quality, mm-hmm. uh, I always thought quality was a great thing. And you know, in writing, I mean, what I've always read is guys that were funny it could make you you know and, and and say things that were nasty maybe in a funny way what he got his point across mm-hmm. coach uh, i want to dive into a stat i saw 
since 2014. 28 times Nebraska has allowed 200 rushing yards or more defensively. What's what's your reaction to that? 20 times? 28 times. Since 14? Since 20, yeah, it's, it's, about, uh, well, it's about eight seasons. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know how to, how to really look at that without sitting there and thinking about it for a while, but... Our our goal, kind of, if I remember right, was something like about 175 or 180 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. We had we had games we played where they were minus yards, period. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's up. I mean, they couldn't run the ball, so they just started throwing it. So all of a sudden, you look at it, and then it looks like you're Superman. You, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and and the truth is not really there because you'll get somebody that'll take the ball. And just shove it down your throat, and and so so don't don't ever take anything for granted that comes out like that. But uh, you know, <laughs> I just think that you know that I think your goals are set. Your players have to take you know heed in in what you have set for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, sometimes I think we've gone back and asked the uh, players themselves to write goals what they thought were the category that we had uh, for, for you know, our goals weekly. You don't want to get too carried away with it. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have kids that think, you know, you need to have more yards on offense or more yards on defense and that here and there. But let them, you know, express themselves for a little bit as a team. And uh, but you set your own goals, and 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 what you do, uh, you know. I remember starting; we were ten points, ten points a game. That's not realistic. That's yeah, true. You know that that isn't. And 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 I, I think as we ended up in my 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 stint there, I think it was seventeen points a game. You know, it, it, you know, you got to put a field goal in there somewhere. And, um, you know, if you can hold somebody to two touchdowns and a field goal, I think you really played well. I don't, you know, I think that's a pretty good deal. You know, nowadays the way the ball's being thrown around and everything else, in the old days it used to just be, maybe it was. I remember seeing Michigan, and this is the truth. You can go back and look. Michigan one year allowed only three points a game to their, their uh, opponents. Three points. I mean, you think that isn't a good defense? That's, I mean, that's that's, like, that's legendary. What's what's a good number now, though? I mean, you you just said it. The offenses yeah. are are crazy wide open, and it's one on one tackling when you you can't tackle in practice now. So good luck. And so what what's a what's a fair number? Yeah, I mean, don't ask me. I mean, <laughs> mid twenties. You know, I well, I think when you talk about 200 yards, probably now yeah. rushing the ball I, I, with as much throwing, I'd say that's too much. Sure, I'd say 175, 180 yards a game would be um, good. You doable. know, well, 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 yeah, but yeah, oh, it, it, it's doable. I'll promise you that because we probably reach that uh, 80 per 90 percent of the time, mm-hmm. but. The passing thing is different. I mean, I remember we played Kansas State, and of course we were the at at Lincoln now, 
and they put 400 yards in the air against us. And I, and in the paper, I was looking for a job the next day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The, what what know, part of the I one was, ads were you in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, right. yeah. You know, I mean, and, but we won. See? Yeah. And that, and I tried to uh, play that harp, but <laughs> it doesn't work so good. Mm. <laughs> you know, it sounds good, but it doesn't work right. You know, with the fans, and and uh, but. When you think back on it, it you know when you you think back on all the fun you that you had in the game and and all the different things that people thought and you just really put it in perspective. You know, about ten percent of the people are going to say something negative. About ninety percent are going to stick behind you and be positive. Mm-hmm. They don't. It, they, it's just like anything else in this country. They they the silent majority. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and they they just happy with you know being at the game and we won and thrilled to death that we won by one point and who cares and. And, but there's also the people that we didn't win by enough. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. <laughs> and, and look at, look at, look, look, Scott goes 13 and 0 or whatever it was that year. Mm. What do they expect him to walk in Nebraska and be 13 and 0 every year? Yeah. There's people that actually believe that he should have done that. I mean, get a life. You know, I mean, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way in business. How many people with a lot of money have some business part of their business that goes in the tank it doesn't mean they're whole they might have different divisions and everything but when you look at them you know <laughs> some of them aren't so hot <laughs> no you're you're right on with that no it's it's a process for sure and it's been a good conversation today coach i got about uh 30 seconds left what's your next project for the house well, I'm thinking about uh, some more gates. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, some more fencing. And I got to do some I repair work on something. My next-door neighbor came over with a piece of fence said, here, you want this? So I'm going to go fix it up for her. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, just, you know, with it, you have to look at our house to see that there's a lot of projects here. <laughs> well, it's it's looking good from what I see. So. Yeah. Well, it, it, we have fun with it. Well, that's good. Coach, enjoy your week. Catch some fish. Get some warmer weather, all right? Oh, it's great here. Is it? Yeah. yeah it needs yeah, to stop I, raining I, I, here. I got, I got a message, though. I did. Uh, I talked to Jared Tomich last night. And he said to say hello to all the people back in Nebraska. So hello okay. from Jared. Good. Okay. Talk that's to you good. later. Coach, you take hey. care. Thanks so much. Okay. Yep, bye now. That's good to hear from old number 93, Jared Tomich. So, yeah, we got to get Jared on. Got to give him a shout. It's been a while since we've talked. Quick quick little update here. About 20 minutes ago, I put up a poll on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page. Uh, go out and give it a vote if you haven't already. Uh, the question is just, do you believe that Paul Feinbaum is correct when he says that Scott Frost is on the hot seat this season? At the moment, 54% of our uh, respondents are saying no. 46% say that yes, they believe uh, he's correct saying Scott Frost is on the hot seat. Well, a uh, 24 hours later, we'll have the final poll number. But uh, count me in the the no category. Greg Smith's on the way. It's Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Stupid stuff from Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. That'll be posted the on-demand section, ESPN Lincoln. Dot com and ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle, the uh, full interview, podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. The Straight Up Breakdown podcast will drop. We say hi to Greg Smith. He is your host of that. Also, recruiting insider with HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Mr. Greg, how was the weekend? Uh, it was very good. It was too fast. It was one of those, I tried to take it easy on purpose, but the weekend still flew by. Um but we'll be okay. How many miles we log on the old Peloton? Oh, probably like 15, somewhere in there. I did a couple of rides. That's awesome. I need to get the, 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 the Greg Smith motivation because <laughs> I, I really kind of like sitting on my ass and drinking beer. Um, I mean, it's a fun activity. <laughs> it's a great activity, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I need some, some, some Greg motivation. How motivated is Nebraska to go get another cornerback in the transfer portal? Uh, I think they're highly motivated, especially if you have a kid like, like the one out of Tulsa uh, who's a grad transfer with, with two years left of eligibility. You've got a kid um, that came from Ohio State that was a former five-star defensive back. Um, and there's one more that was a high-level kid that was a four-star recruit. His name's escaping me right now. He's also in the mix, too. I think Nebraska is looking for ways to upgrade the team because it's an odd thing to say that you know they don't have glaring holes outside of uh, like an elite pass rusher, but everyone basically has that hole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of spots where guys are still fighting it out, where you have depth that you like, you just haven't seen it yet. So best player available would be the way to go. Um, and secondary, particularly corner, would, would definitely be something that they'd be motivated to take a look at. Greg Smith's with us at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. I look at at Evans out of Tulsa, I mean, really talented kid. I look at Tariq Johnson, you mentioned, out of Ohio State, and then Travion Fuller out of A&M, all three good candidates. And from a fit standpoint, though, I mean, do you anticipate Nebraska pulling the trigger here, being able to get one of these three? Um, I mean, they're going to make a good shot. The problem is when all three of those kids are going to have no shortage of suitors, um, but the kid from Tulsa, to me, is really intriguing just because when you see him on film, and I know he shared his highlights out when I think when he entered the portal, um, his tackling stands out. And you know as well as I do, Coach Fisher, if you're going to play for him, you're going to have to tackle. Um, think about the, the plays that Cam Taylor Britt has made, those safeties as well, right? Um, so he would fit in nicely with that. Um, we'll see if they can get it done, but I do think they're going to make a strong attempt uh, to boost that secondary if they can. What do you believe right now about the uh, the the secondary with Nebraska. You've got Cam Taylor Britt and you got Newsom at corner and then you've got Clark and Nadab and and then who? I mean where, what's the gap like between the starters and the backups in your eyes? See, the issue is is exactly where you went there, which, which uh, strictly with corner. You feel good about safety, but corner, you're just not quite sure. Like even you got Cam Taylor Bird, of course, um, who's a star stalwart out there, and then he's all Big Ten type of potential. Um, but Quentin Newsom um, won that job seemingly at the opposite Cam Taylor Britt, um, but you're still not quite sure what you're going to get there because you haven't seen him in a full season. You like the measurables of, of Braxton Clark, um, but he's still coming off of that injury. Um, 
Um, you really like the measurables of Nadab Joseph, but you don't know how he's acclimating. Um, you got a guy like Timon Lineham, who's a hard worker behind the scenes, and some others as well. Samford, um, who's been all over those testing numbers in the, in the top five or so of those. Um, so there's just a lot of question marks, and you'd like to have that shored up um, and then start the domino effect to where you could bring those guys along a little bit more slowly. Is this an instance of, of just straight-up high-level depth potential addition or we're not sure or confident or it's just competition, so maybe we're, we're just uh, purchasing insurance we don't need? I don't mean purchasing, but you get my point. How, how, do you re- how would you read into that if you're in the room? Um, I would read it as it's competition. So, like, to me, and then maybe it's the competitor in me, but if I'm Braxton Clark, right, and, and they're maybe looking for another cornerback, that tells me that that spot that I, you know, kind of lost out on or thought I lost out on on bring to Quentin Newsom still is a little bit up for grabs. I can still make a move. If I'm Quentin Newsom, I'm thinking, well, I shouldn't feel totally comfortable here, and I need to do some work, and on down the line, Joseph should feel encouraged to me now. If they end up getting a guy, that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult, because there's only so many you know, first-team reps and good looks to go around, but right now, I would say, if I'm one of those guys, hey, this thing's wide open for me to make a move. Greg Smith's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, recruiting thoughts, uh, Nebraska looking at the transfer portal for defensive back. Greg, uh, let's talk about recruiting. Let's talk about Nebraska's board for 2022 at quarterback. And where do you think Morris is at on the Nebraska board between uh, between uh, MJ Morris, you have Torres out of San Antonio, the kid out of Hawaii, and then another kid that's, that's in the mix, um, uh, Howell uh, is, is the third kid. Bianco is the kid out of Hawaii. If, if Greg Smith has his big red crystal ball out right now, what's the pecking order in your opinion? Yeah, I still think that Morris is number one. I think that Morris is, to me, the, the toughest get, um, probably by a while, just based on the level of interest that he's had um, throughout his recruitment, his rating, and kind of his location, because you know that he's close or closer to some other schools that have really interested him. Um, Georgia Tech in particular, NC State has been one as well, and there are other schools in the region, so you've got to pass a lot of schools to then pick Nebraska, um, and he's got options. Um, Torres, the kid out of San Antonio, I think is maybe the most intriguing on the board. Um, he's got all the physical tools uh, that you like. He's probably a little bit more of a polished passer than MJ Morris, maybe not as much as a dynamic athlete, um, but AJ Blanco out in Hawaii is another kid that has good size and good athletic ability um, that I think you, if you're in Nebraska, you'd love to see him in person again. I don't know if you can get him from Hawaii out to a camp or if you need to go out there and evaluate him, probably the latter, um, but there are still intriguing names on the board. I just don't know if you don't get Morris, I don't know where you turn for what, what fans would like to see as another high-level um, big-time recruit quarterback coming in. What's the gap between Torres and, and Morris? Because, I mean, I've watched film. I've seen a lot of, of what Morris can do, and I also know that you've got family connections with Georgia Tech, and then you've got Tim Beck. I mean, I saw the, the national uh, interview he did over the weekend, and, I mean, it sounded really Georgia Tech, wow, but that's also, I think, who was doing the interview, okay? So, yeah, yeah. so it's not that, no, I mean, I think Morris and Frost have a, have a great connection, so I don't think Nebraska is out of it by any stretch, but I think the, the kid drives by Georgia Tech to school every day, so I think you're right on with 
the, the toughest get being Morris. But I think from a polish standpoint, I think Torres. I mean, does he remind you a little bit of Harburg? Because if that if that's the case with with the polish here throwing the ball. You know, it might not be a bad idea for Nebraska to go pass first uh, as far as quarterback. Go with that option versus, all right, let's work on the throwing. But, man, the kid's a sweet athlete. Uh, he can go go make some plays, and we can the throwing part can come. Uh, you, need, uh, you need to have a guy who can throw the football uh, first and foremost, it, it feels like to me in this offense. Yeah, and see, that's the thing, honestly, that would keep me up at night if I was Scott Frost and Mario Verduzco trying to make this decision on who I need to push my chips all in on, right? Um, because I kind of, th- I think that you're right that if you, if you had to pick, and this is us and our jobs are not on the line here, but if you had to pick, um, I would maybe go for a guy that was already a little bit more polished throwing, and like you said, maybe closer to Harburg than say Smothers coming in. I think that that's a fair kind of assessment of that um, when you look at the the styles of quarterback that they are, especially given that there's no indication Nebraska is slowing down on trying to find uh, wide receivers to bring into the program, right? They've been able to bring in pass catchers. You hope that the running backs continue on the uptick so that you don't have to rely on the quarterback run game so much, and maybe that's a recipe going forward because we've seen that style work in this offense as well. Um, You just haven't seen it here at Nebraska yet. Now, you can't really talk about the offense and talking about quarterbacks without talking about who's going to be protecting the quarterbacks and who's going to be opening up lanes for the running backs, uh, Greg. But I'm not seeing any visits from offensive linemen scheduled yet for this summer. Uh, Maybe you have information I don't have, but I'm not seeing that at the moment. Is that just not a position of need for the Huskers in this recruiting cycle? Yeah, this is actually a situation where it's a good thing. Not a good thing that they don't have those visits lined up, but it's it's a good indication of where they are with the young depth on offensive line on this team. There are so many good young offensive linemen in the program right now, um, whether it's guys that you've seen play like Ethan Piper and now Turner Corker and Bryce Benhart, or guys that are working behind the scenes, even behind those guys. So I think that that's what it is. And, they, and Greg also can kind of take his time right now and, and focus on deep evaluations of that position because there's not, you know, glaring needs when you know that you've even got guys like Teddy Prochaska and Henry Latosky waiting in the wings, developing behind those guys, and you got a good look at them in the spring. Um, so I think Nebraska's in good shape when it comes to offensive line now and in the future. Greg Smith's with us. Greg, a thought here when it comes to the student section and fans and how it relates to recruits. What, what's your take? Greg Smith gets a phone call from the Moose tomorrow. Greg, what should we do with the student section? What's your, what's your feel and read here? Because I, I think that the kids want to go, want to be loud, want to help influence, want to provide energy, but they've not always had a lot to cheer about. Now, Nebraska fans are out in full force when it comes to recruiting season. Right, and I think that it's kind of a weird thing is that there's no like lack of passion, like you said, within the stadium when you get there. It's just not really – it doesn't feel like it comes as much from the student section like you would get at some other places. Or if you switch sports and think about basketball, right, and how things are in PBA, and you get a, a lot of juice and energy from the student section there. It just feels like they're not that involved. Like that, that's just kind of my read on the situation. So if Moose were to call me, I would say you need to kind of figure out and sit down with the student body 
Society president, something, take an email and try and figure out ways to get those kids involved. Because, yeah, there is a long-range play here of those kids are eventually going to turn into your donors. But also, in the meantime, you want to use their enthusiasm, and you know they're going to come fired up in a game, especially, like you said, if you give them something to cheer for. Well, and let's be honest, uh, the beauty about PBA is you're like 30 feet Right. From the bar. <laughs> <laughs> that helps, too. And you're very close. Like, that's the other thing. You're actually very, you're yeah. close to the action, too, where there, where that student section is, where it, it feels like the students at, in the Nebraska football games just keep, continue to get pushed back mm-hmm. um, out of the way. Hey, yeah. Memorial Stadium's about 30 feet from the North Bottom, so... I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, we can always have house hopping, right? That's still a sport in the North Bottoms, right? Oh, uh, man, that takes you back. It does. A little, little Davis Twins action. <laughs> Wait a minute. That was off the record. Uh, Greg Smith is with us, recruiting insider, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg, we'll get caught up again. Thanks for the time today. Hey, have a good week, guys. Appreciate it. You too. There he is. The Straight Up Breakdown podcast, that'll be dropping. Google Play, iTunes, Spotify with Greg Smith. We'll have to, to dive in on Greg's Lakers next time. That uh, play-in game here with the, with the Lakers and Golden State on his mind. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut Pre-teen Swedish boy. Get to some of your emails, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Andy emails in on his take with the student section. Let's go to the phones. Jason's been uh, waiting patiently. Jason, welcome to Hale Varsity. Go ahead, man. It's really good show. It's always, always neat to hear from uh, Coach out in Arizona or Michigan or wherever the heck he's at these days. McBride is international. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, you've been loyal to a lot of coaches over the years, so I'm probably going to get you riled up here a little bit, but you know I love you, Schmitty. Go for it. What, 11 and 20. Yeah, anybody that saw that Minnesota game at home, I mean, Frost, you're he's, right. He's, Schmitty he's, is probably he's 12, not on the hot he's, seat, but he's his 12, better be warm. He's 12 and 20. Let's, let's give him the, okay. let's give him the right. right record. He, he better be warm at 12 and 20. We're paying him $5 million. I think he'll get it turned around. Penalties have to get better. Turnovers, just the discipline of the program. And I, it feels like that's maybe where we're heading. But man, with that schedule, Schmitty, got to see it, man. I'm with. We gotta I, 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 I got to see it, and I am patient just because I, I've watched reset hit a lot. Maybe too too soon, maybe not soon enough. But that's that's my experience the last twenty five years of watching this football program. And you got one of your own in here, and it it does need to be better. And the fact that they have penalties, there's turnovers. The the fact that you found ways to lose games, that's it. That's what sticks out to me is they found ways to lose versus somebody coming in and out talenting them or being better coached. I mean, they've, they've been better coached because they've executed. But you get my point. I don't think it's it's fair to throw a hand grenade right now going into your four and say, well. I'm Paul Feinbaum. I'm down here in the middle of Auburn and, and Alabama. And, and yep, Frost is in trouble. He needs to win. They can't go 3-9, and 4-8. and eight. Even if that happens, I don't think he's going anywhere. But his staff may have to go. And I don't want that for these guys either because 
you know, I'd like to see some continuity and consistency, and let's let's see if this thing can get turned around. If you're a Nebraska fan, you you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. But they can't they can't one week go beat Penn State and then go the following week and get drilled by a bad Illinois team. I mean, you just you got to get some consistency. But right now, going into year four, I can't say, well, he doesn't go to a bowl game. He won't get he 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 won't get popped. He he just won't. Dude, there's just there's too many folks in his corner right now and i kind of go back to what the moose said talk to me after year five not after year three and and i think everybody jason's on the same page fans coaches administration where it's all a yeah uh let's let's get to a bowl game i think that's i think that's uniform across the board everyone wants and and kind of expects that this year well, we shall we shall see. Good analysis there, Schmitty. Uh, real quick on the on the fans uh, and the students and stuff. It, it just feels like times have changed. It doesn't feel like the the today's you know twenty something and college kid really. You know, I know if the product was better, it'd be a lot different. But I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to continue to sell that place out. They need to probably put chairs in there like you would at a at Pinnacle Bank Arena. No more benches. Maybe. Drop it down to a sixty thousand feet, you know, person stadium. I hate to say that, but I don't you think know, you just call you me just, right now and say I got free season tickets for it. I'd be like, ah, thanks anyway. I'll watch the game at home. I I, you know? I don't know that you financially can drop it thirty thousand. I think you can shave off a few and go from ninety to. You can find a little more room in there, but the world has changed. And like, if I want my kid's attention, I either need to threaten him and take his phone or contact him using his phone. Okay, so <laughs> so to get their money, we need to adapt to them, right? If we're talking yeah. about recycling a fan base and, and regenerating uh, the, the next generation of donors, so no, I think there needs to and, and smarter people than me will, will figure out a way, and winning will help. And Elijah can attest to this. And Jason, thanks for the phone call. Thanks, Good to hear from you. I appreciate you. You know, it, it is as simple as is a having something that you want to go watch and care about and spend money on. And you'll do that and you'll give it a try and you'll hang out. But right now it's it's a it's a it's a poll question in in the uh, the old room with the roommates or the gals you want to hook up with. Do I go to the rail yard and sit in the sunshine where I can get a tasty beverage or do I go to the stadium and history has shown that okay they may win the game. You know they'll compete, and they'll they'll do their best. But man, it's just real simple to sit here, go up to the old Longwell's beer window, and kick it in front of the cube. That's especially now and not being able to do that for a year. Now I think that it's always better to be live and in person. It just it just is. And if you're winning and you're you're playing high level ball. You're going to go, but you you have a you have a more recent breaking point, I think. Uh, I don't you tell me between you and the in the Danny Burks of the world and guys that all right, you guys are are younger than me. What's your conversation like? I mean, we would we would figure out. Sorry to like incriminate myself, but who's wearing the fake bladder? <laughs> All right. If we wanted a little Morgan and Coke, for me, it's it's who's who's wearing the cowboy boots. Who's right, 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 right. I mean, it was it was flask season. That said, now you don't even have to go because you can stay hydrated. 
and and listen to music and enjoy if if the game starts sucking. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know a lot more people that just go hang out with their friends at their, someone's house and watch the game after going downtown. Um, I'll say I've had season tickets all three years I've been at Nebraska. For the past two seasons, I've worked every single home Husker football <laughs> game. And I'll let you know one thing. Whenever I am not going to be using my ticket, it's hard for me to find anyone to is it give hard it away to, get, to. Okay, is it hard to get rid of? It's hard to find somebody to give it away What's to. What's the response? No, I'm good going to, going to the rail yard. Yeah. Going to the bar, going to Duffy's. I mean, I'm going a, to a these three spots. A lot of sessions are in wait-and-see mode. with this. They don't want to buy their season tickets because they want to wait and see if the Huskers are actually going to win a game. And with the, the way the past two seasons have been going, people go, no, I don't want to watch us lose at home to Indiana this week, actually. I, I think I'm just going to stay away from that one. You it, can is it, I'll, is I'll, it, I'll offer it for free. Is it flat out just like frustration or is it turned into anger or is it turned into apathy? Apathy. Okay, you're, you, they're they're done with getting their heart tugged at. Because mm-hmm. is the passion still at that high level between your 18 and 22 year old crowd, where they've heard stories or saw a video, or when they were three, they remember the Orange Bowl. I mean, that's it. They you guys remember Sue and Levante, and that's kind of it. I mean, I, I still know Amir and, and Team Magic, but I mean, we're getting further and further away from those teams. The, the people my age that were passionate about those teams back in the day back in middle school early high school they're still the same level of passion about the husker football program as a whole but they don't have that same passion come saturdays come football season they go well guess this isn't our year um uh, maybe next year will be better no it's it's just i mean i I know a decent chunk of people who care more about the husker basketball program than the husker football program. there's excitement you got some high level and and fred's pretty pretty trusted and he keeps bringing in talent so We'll see. Uh, Husker baseball is going to is been very good this year, but uh, in normal years with non restrictions or COVID, I mean that thing's going to be elbow to elbow if they're first place in the Big Ten in May. No matter who's here, and people are going to be sun drenched at, at Haymarket. We'll get to Andy's email on you know what should happen with the student section. Good show today. Thanks for hanging out. We'll wind down a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. My kid's calling me here on my phone. Should I answer it? Live on the air? Yeah, just put him on speaker. Let, you got to let him know he's on the air first if you do it. Why? You never it's know. Wor- it's worse than grounding. Uh, I mean, I, all I know is uh, eighth graders have the worst potty mouths in the world. Yeah, he he may, but he doesn't let us know how artistic <laughs> he is yet with with swearing his mother is phenomenal mm. it, it 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 language use i mean she's like the the, the dad in a christmas story she's that level mm. Mm. uh buckle up is what i'm telling you to do 70 percent of people in fatal crashes in nebraska not wearing a, a seat belt if used properly a seat belt can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to 60 percent your best defense in any crash Buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. This junior's no doubt calling me. Yeah, can you uh, you pick up some food? 
Is the text message coming in here? Call me. Thought you were done by now. Sorry to call during show. <laughs> He's really studying hard on Spanish right now. So, Uncle uh, Andy sent an email in. And Andy's Mr. Student section, man. I mean, he, he got it rolling. And his take on things, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Student section... Uh, being moved was the the worst to the worst piece of real estate in the stadium is hands down the number one reason they the kids the students don't care anymore. The product of late doesn't help, but uh, what needs to happen is for students to be able to get block seating. So some fraternities and sorority sororities would have block seating. A uh, guy that we went to games with, um, Rhino and Timmy. Would, and they were so gold at, at picking out where, the, where we sat on the east section, about 15 rows up. Just enough to see over the sideline? Over, over the sideline, away, far enough from, away, away from the band. band and they, just, they, they drew a section and they hated it, so they would turn it back into the lottery and they'd kept drawing until we got the student section. Mm-hmm. Uh, block we wanted. But I think block seating would be perfect. That's right on. That way, it's set up for you, and you don't have to show up two hours early to get your first come, first come, first um, come seating. So and, and I don't know how we haven't discussed this yet. Alcohol sales in the stadium. Really, if you want the kids to come, and by kids I mean over twenty-one mm-hmm. exclusively, obviously, um, sell them beer. Sell them beer. I, I want to drink during the game, uh, considering the product on the field. It makes me want to drink sometimes. And I, if I can't do that at the stadium, it makes things so much more difficult. I, I'd rather go, you know what? Let's keep this buzz going downtown. You can have an okay team. And you look at some of the Callahan teams. A couple of those teams were, were, were okay to good, right? And I think of, of how cranked up. every Whoever the coach has been here the last 20 years... There's been moments. There's been really good moments where the crowd's been there and been alive. I think alcohol would help, but it's it's not not ne- you're not going to get that to happen. No, no, you're, you're just not. We'll see if it can happen for for Garth Brooks. So we'll take caller nine now. Sorry, we put this off, but caller nine qualifies for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That's the grill. That's the gift card to Campbell's, the gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Caller nine now four six six three seven seven six. Jim Rome here with your Rome Report. I shouldn't have to 